Welcome. You are in the flow, the water online show here with your host, Travis Kennedy. I'm joined by my co-host and the joke man extraordinaire, Nick Brown. Water joke enthusiast. Water joke enthusiast. Water Please don't call him the joke man. Nick, how was your new year? Very busy. Yeah. Very fun. Um, Did you use any water? I used some, um, but most of it I didn't ingest. Okay. I didn't I didn't drink a lot. Okay. Well I, that, do, I do have it here though. Because uh, there is there is water in spirits and beer and things like that. There I, is. You knew that. I I did. Yeah. I'd I'd heard that. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, but I've heard it's not as healthy. It's not. Um, it's for, not but, for your body. But water's going to be a big topic globally. It just is in 2024. There's no way to escape it. There's always seems to be something going on in this market, in this industry. It doesn't seem to to suffer from any kind of real recession or any kind of withdrawal from innovation or anything like that. And 2024 is going to be even bigger and better yeah. than than it was in 2023. And there's a lot to talk about. So before I dive in, is there anything, Nick, that you think that we should cover here before I dive into the first topic, which I'm dying to share with, with the audience? Well, I would say uh, kind of a pretty big piece of news from last year. Yep. Um, but the EPA, uh, they moved further and faster than ever before in 2023. How did, How do we quantify that? Is that able to be quantified? Like, it, did they move at the speed of light, at like the speed of Superman, the speed of a locomotive? How do we how um, do we measure that? I think a lot of it came from, you know, the the administration kind of had an ambitious climate and environmental agenda, um, so they kind of tried to move as fast, I guess, as possible to trying to tackle, you know, climate change, environmental justice, you know, and try to protect health and safety of communities in in the U.S. Now, I don't know how you quantify speed. <laughs> I don't either, but I guess they can claim they do, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they've they've done more than, you know, had been done in, in previous years. So that, I would say, is a pretty uh, big step. Their, their list of accomplishments in the year is pretty lengthy. Um, you know. We can get into some of those if I, you want. Uh, I mean, a big one, I know we're going to talk about this, Al. Um you know, a little bit later on, but the proposed lead and copper rule improvements. That's um, a big topic. And that's it's I, huge. Oddly enough, I'm glad you brought it up. That's actually going to be the first thing that we talk about. So I want to make it clear. This is what is happening right now related to LCRI. So uh, the Biden administration's proposed LCRI won't be really finalized until late this year. So late 2024. But it's not to, to, it doesn't prevent people from wanting to talk about it and what to expect, what's going to be included in it. But there's going to be a number of things that we're going to want to touch on as we go through this review right here, right now, early January, 2024. Uh, we know that it, it's going to mandate that uh, all lead service lines need to be located. So when it comes to any municipality utility that's out there, they're going to need to find if they have any kind of lead service lines in them. So that's one. Yeah. So the second part of it is they're all going to need to be replaced within 10 years. So that the clock is ticking and the clock starts right now. I mean, that's a, that's a big undertaking, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's going to take you know, 10 years. It, it seems like a long time. Yeah. But in, you know, in retrospect, it's not, it's really not, it, no. you know, it's going to, you know, the, 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 the deadline will get here faster than, you know, than you think. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's a pretty large undertaking to have to replace so many lines and pipes and all of that, all, very, that, all that very important infrastructure. Exactly. Which uh, we'll talk about infrastructure later on yeah. the show, but I do want to pause here for a minute because not only is the ability to locate all the lead service lines going to be uh, a point of innovation for the marketplace, but um, it's also going to be replacing them, which is going to require another level of innovation uh, in the marketplace. So yeah. those, those two things are absolute. Um, and I'm excited to see what kind of innovation comes through this year, next year in 2025 related to being able to locate where these lead service lines are and then being able to replace them. So I'd imagine the course of action, and this is just me prognosticating here, which uh, is always dangerous. But what I would say is that over the next year or two, a lot of the concentration is going to be around trying to actually find where these lead service yeah. lines are. And then after that, it's going to be, all right, so how do we replace them and how do we do it efficiently, cost-effectively, and in the best interest of your uh, of the of the municipalities, constituents, yeah. and customers? So, But there's one part of it, of the LCRI, that I wanted to focus on here, not related to those two aspects. And that is one of the things that's going to be uh, associated with this LCRI that will be coming out later this year is communication, Yeah. right? I mean, that's important. Communication or municipalities to their constituents and to their customers. So what does that actually mean? Well, there's going to be two real components to it. And there's an article on, you can access it on Water Online, um, where uh, Sandra Kutzing, the Senior Vice President of the Lead and Copper Strategy at CDM Smith, uh, was talking about what this communication strategy is going to actually look like, what it's going to imply, how it's going to work. And there's two main facets to it that she pointed out. The first one is, um, and I'm going to quote her here, it's very, it's a very positive thing for systems that actually do have lead and need to communicate it. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. You know, they have lead, they found lead, they're going to need to communicate that to the customers about what's going to happen next. But she went on to say that her concern is for the systems that actually don't have lead and have to follow these same rules and requirements. I think there's going to be some unnecessary panic if not handled correctly. So big deal here. If you have a municipality or you work for a municipality or you're, you're an engineering firm coming in to work contractually with a township or a municipality, you're going to need to think through, all right, so what is going to be the communication if we don't have lead in our systems? That's going to be equally as important because we don't want to create this state of panic with right. all of your customers and all of your constituents. That's the last thing that you want to do but you are going to be held to the same standard. You're still going to need to go and find and validate the fact that you don't have lead and copper in your systems. Right. So communication of that ahead of time is going to be very, very important. Yeah, you need to, to make clear that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, but we're safe. You know, we don't have lead and copper in, in our pipelines, in our, you know, in our system. So exactly. it's, you know, get that messaging out uh, as quickly and as clearly as, uh, as possible. Right. I mean, you have to get out there very, very early and you have to be very clear and concise about what it is you're doing and how you are going about it. So the sooner you get out there and in front of it, the better off that you're going to be. Cause this again is going to be probably one of the two or three big topics yeah. Got, that the industry is facing. And, and it is somewhat of uh, some adversity here for municipalities and engineering firms and, and those that are working towards cleaning up our lead and copper pipes. Um, but at the same time, it's here. So the time yeah. to start on it is now. 
So um, one back to the communication strategy, though, if you don't say anything, let's say you don't get out in front of it. Big mistake. Very big. In our opinion, right? Yeah. If you don't get out in front of it, there's a couple of things that are going to happen, especially if there's like a, a municipality or utility next to you or in the general area where they do have a problem. And then your constituents are going to come to you and say, what are you doing about it? Yeah. Right. So if the next town over has an issue. All of their attention is going to immediately become to come to you and say, I'm speaking for your customers here. What are you doing about it? Are you complying? What do we need to, to look at? What do we need to be concerned with? So the sooner you get out there with a, with a strategy of communication that lets them know, all right, before they even becomes part of their mind share, this is what we're going to be doing. This is what's out there. This is what's been mandated. This is how we're going to go about it. We're here to keep you safe. And this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And uh, silence, uh, you know, even if you do have, you have no issues, silence is not a solution. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't, you don't want your, your customers blowing up your phone lines, blowing up your social media, right. Um, you know, demanding action when you could have gotten out in front of it and said, we've investigated, we've done our testing. We're clear. Yep. You have nothing to worry about. Yep. But so don't just, you know, don't zip your lips. Yeah. Exactly. So there's really no such thing as too much communication around this, especially in the early parts of, of what's going to be coming down the pike in the next next year or two. The other thing that I want to touch on that the article that, again, you can access on Water Online, the other thing that it touches on is uh, admit to what you don't know. So if you don't know that you have lead in your pipelines, it's okay to say we are exploring, we are trying to figure out and get answers to you. Don't try to spin it. Whatever you, whatever you do, if you start spinning things and then you get caught in say, well, wait a minute, I, you know, you said that there yeah. probably isn't, but now that there is, I mean, you spinning things is not where you want to be. You want to be upfront, honest with your customers, with your constituents. Uh, and that's going to be the best way to move forward. 100%. Another thing that we want to keep in mind here is that there's a lot of stakeholders involved in this type of thing. So anything from city officials to municipality workers, to field operators and everybody and anybody in between local governments, uh, school boards, uh, all of these stakeholders have a vested interest in what you are going to do with these uh, lead and copper lines that we're trying to uh, get out of the ground and replace in a safe and efficient manner. So early coordination with everybody involved is going to go a lot smoother than late coordination. So make sure everybody's on the same page from the onset. So nobody's turning around if they get surprised by something and starts pointing fingers back and forth, because that's just going to end in a type of disruption that you're not going to want to face in addition to what you already have to do. So uh, be very mindful of that. Early coordination, early communication is what's going to serve you and your municipality and your constituents, ultimately, who you want to make happy uh, and keep safe. It, it, those are going to be the two avenues that you're going to, want to, you're going to want to travel down to make this go as smoothly as possible. Which brings me to my next topic. Next topic. Nick, it's time to talk about infrastructure. So that's my favorite kind of structure. It is without a doubt. I mean, um, I don't know what other kinds of structures are out there. I mean, it could be infinite, but this is infrastructure. We're talking about uh, that. It's been a topic of conversation for gosh, I don't know, uh, two years, maybe now. Um, it so, feels like forever. Right. I'm not going to lie. I mean, the law went into effect in 2021. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of moving parts to, to this law as well. Uh, and I'm just going to bring up some of the 
projects that uh, that we've noted here. And again, uh, the article around infrastructure can be found on the homepage of Water Online. So feel free to visit. And the first thing I want to note, though, is, and I have it here in my notes, um, when it comes to infrastructure, 55, get this, Nick, $55 billion for projects to improve access to clean drinking water throughout the entire United States. Billion with a B. Billion with a B, not an M. So we have a lot of money out there. In yes. 2024, there are likely to be more water projects throughout the country than there has ever been in the history of the United States. That's a big deal. It is, without a doubt. <laughs> uh, it's a very good thing because water security is really critical to national security. So there's all kinds of vested, uh, vested interest in this. A couple of projects that are noted in this article, again, that you can access on Water Online. First one, in California, San Benito County, Valley Water, and Pacheco Pass Water District are collaborating on a $2.78 billion investment to expand the Pacheco Reservoir located in Diablo Range, just east of Santa Clara County. Plans to move forward with the expansion are, were announced after... $504 million was approved by the state along with a $92 million loan from the aforementioned by UNEC EPA. Yes. And also $10 million from the Los Angeles County's clean water program. So when we talk about just how much money is out there for these infrastructure projects, it's a lot. There's a little bit. Yeah. So it's not yeah. a small amount. So we would encourage you to get involved and figure out how you are going to get a piece of that money because it's out there. It's accessible. Um, there's some other examples here that I wanted to, to talk through related to other states that are making improvements and, and, and able to access some of these dollars. If again, if you have any questions on this, feel free to contact us here at water online. We'd be happy to happy to help give you any information, data advice that we know that we can help you try and gain access to some of these yeah. funds. Um, another example here is the governor of New Mexico announced last week that the state's environment department will issue guidance and seek proposals from companies interested in collaborating to build and operate several brackish water treatment plants oh. with the, with an advanced market commitment contracting model, New Mexico has agreed to purchase, get this 500 million of treated brackish and treated produced water from the new plants to build in its own strategic water supply. Interesting. Right. So it's another form of infrastructure related specifically to giving United States citizens access to clean drinking water. So it's not just improvements to existing systems. It's actually ways to contract water through the, the construction of new treatment system plans that are might be separate and distinct of, of a utility or municipality. So there's a lot of ways to take advantage of and access these dollars that don't have direct ties to you just getting a, a, a yeah. blank check. Although that is kind of nice. Um, I would love a blank check. Right. Oh, well, obviously it wouldn't be blank. Uh, you would need to fill out certain qualifiers for it, but the money is there. That's the important part of it. Uh, one other example, the Erie County Sewer District in Buffalo, New York. So, um, you know, the Buffalo Bills might be headed to the, might be headed to the playoffs. We all Maybe. find out this week. Um, running, running hot. So uh, this is not more good news for Buffalo. Um Erie County Sewer District in Buffalo is upgrading the South Town's Advanced Wastewater Treatment Facility, and the project carries a cumulative cost estimate of $100 million. Although the first phase has begun, the second phase will launch this year in 2024 with a planned completion date of 2028. So as everybody listening out there knows, these types of, of construction projects don't happen overnight. 
right? It's right. progressive and it happens in stages. So there's quite a number of, of projects that have started in 2023 that also started in 2022, but they are three, four, five, six year projects. And, and at all stages, there's going to be opportunities to be able to secure additional funds to complete the projects. So happening coast to coast, we have California, New Mexico, New York, but in every state, there are municipalities taking part in this. So it is important for us to, to understand that it is there. It's for us to, um, us as municipalities or engineers or operators or whatever the case may be to take advantage of. So large water projects can easily create demand for a dozen different types of contracting opportunities. So I just want us to be very clear on that, that it's going to be very important for us to know the funds are there and how to access them. Anything to add there, Nick? I think you said it all. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't really give you a chance there. I kind of yeah, went I, right through, but it's an important topic, right? And it's, it's a pretty straightforward message. Yeah. The money is there. Um, and again, if any help is needed, any advice, any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Water Online. Go to wateronline.com. You'll be able to contact us through there. You can find us on LinkedIn as well. Yep. Reach find us out. on LinkedIn. Yeah. Go ahead and leave a comment on the Water Online LinkedIn page. We'll be happy to um, happy to answer any questions that we can or that you might have. So uh, a third topic to go over, but before I do, let's head to the news desk. So Nick, what kind of news are we looking at here? Well, we already touched on, um, you know, LCRI. Yep. Uh, big news. Well, yeah. Yeah. We and did touch on that. Another piece of big news. And yeah, this is kind of, I think the biggest issue outside of lead and copper in the industry is PFAS. Yes. So well, we can't go through a show. No. We're not going to be able to go through a show in 2024 without talking about PFAS, but go ahead. No, it's, it, it's huge. Um, and, you know, probably a lot of people already know this. Obviously, this happened last year. But, you know, the EPA enacted a rule to regulate six PFAS in drinking water. So, you know, safeguarding drinking water in this country is clearly at the, you know, forefront of the minds yep. of, of our leaders. And it certainly should be. And it really should be in the forefront of the minds of anybody who is in any way related to the water industry. Correct. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up because on our next show, we're next episode of the water online show, we are actually going to be talking about PFAS and in, in, in more depth. So stay tuned on that, but go ahead. What else do we have out there? Well, a little, uh, business to business news. Interesting. Okay. Uh, friends of water online, badger meter and Trimble, uh, utilities, mm -hmm. um, badger meter, has acquired select remote water monitoring hardware and software from Trimble. Uh, it's kind of inclusive of the Telog brand, other remote telemetry telemetry units, um, and Trimble Unity remote monitoring software. That's big news, right? Yeah. So we, we know for a fact that remote monitoring is is a big need. Yes. Um, for those municipalities and engineers and operators that currently work with it, they understand the importance of it. Um, and Badger Meter is now just expanding their, their product set uh, to be able to, to provide uh, clear, concise, helpful solutions to all municipalities, um, engineering, operators, anytime you have a need that related to remote monitoring. And then, of course, as it relates to metering, um, AMI and flow, Badger Meter has your back there. Um, Trimble Utilities still continues to provide excellent solutions in the software space. Um, so I would encourage you to visit both vendors that uh, they are on Water Online, yep, their yep. extensive product sets are on Water Online. Please feel free to come to Water Online and take a look at what both of them have to offer. But that is big news. Yeah. What else we have going on out there? Let's see. Um, Brown and Caldwell. Uh, know them. I've heard of them. I've, yeah, mm -hmm. I've, I've seen them. Yeah. I've seen them around. 
Uh, they've partnered with the Water Research Foundation and utilities to advance DEI in the water sector. Interesting. So uh, they're yeah they're doing a study mm -hmm. to identify and amplify methods to improve diversity, equity, and inclusion in uh, water utilities. That's always a good topic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, we live in a world now where we want to create as much opportunity for anybody and everybody that we possibly can. And I think that that's a, that's a good partnership without knowing much, much of the specifics. You know, I, I applaud um, Brown and Caldwell for being able to put that together and, and yeah. the partnership. And I think I'm anxious to hear where that goes. Yeah. So, as am I. Um, all right. Last topic. Um, Lay it on me. Smart sensors, smart water. So for those of you that have followed uh, some of my messaging over the past year or two around um, trends in the market, uh, the digital transformation is happening. Um, so what does that mean? That means that most municipalities within the United States are going down a digital transformation path. It's happening. Uh, whether they've started or whether they're planning on starting this year or next year, um, that remains to be seen for for some, but there are a number of municipalities out there uh, that, uh, and even in industrial segments as it relates to water, wastewater, they're heading down that path. So, um, I mean, when you think about the top priority for any water treatment facility, water or wastewater treatment facility is safety for both employees and for their customers. So using smart sensors and for water treatment monitoring can, can ensure that your wastewater is handled and processed safely and efficiently. Um, so there's a number of ways that we can talk about what the digital transformation is, but as it relates to smart sensors specifically, I'm going to go down a couple of major points here. So keeping an eye on vital metrics like dissolved oxygen and total suspended solids, also known as TSS, but we know that already, it can be a challenge due to, due to the, like the complexity of any water treatment facility. So one of the things that smart sensors allow facility managers to monitor is the quality of the water for every pool, reservoir, and tank that all systems go through. And they get to do that through one convenient hub. Uh, you'll hear me use words like Internet of Things uh, in the past. You have heard. Um, when we're talking about smart sensors, Internet of Things sensors relay data from across the facility back to a central app, right, uh, where the users can view statistics in real time, they can analyze, and they can manage data. Yep. Right. So uh, when I talk about this, systems integrators also play a role in here. So it's important to know who the systems integrators are and who the major players are. Uh, and again, you can find some of those here at Water Online. Um, and if you have any questions about systems integrators, please let us know. Um, but as a result, going back to what they're able to accomplish using smart sensors, as a result, facility managers get a high level of visibility over the quality of water at every stage. Um, and not only that, it's also going to help them with what might be more important is preventative maintenance, right? And predictive analytics. So what does that mean? So um, in the past, if like, say, a pump went down, right, you would get notification that the pump is going down and or had stopped working. Then you'd send somebody out there and they would uh, fix it, replace it, whatever the case is. But there's downtime associated with that. When we're talking about where we are now with smart sensors, we're talking about what is known as predictive analytics. So you can now predict when a pump might fail and be able to fix it before it even stops, before yep. it even breaks, right? So that's going to save you downtime. It's going to help you out with efficiency. And it's also going to save you money, which is what we need to do because we need to keep, well, I should stop there because one thing that's for sure, certain, Nick, 
and I know as you're as you're learning the market, as, as you've been in the market for a few years now, have you ever, ever met an overfunded municipality? No. No, right. So saving money is just as important as as uh, anything else, uh, not juxtaposed yeah. to keeping your customers safe, making sure you're providing a safe level of, of drinking water and treating the wastewater in a safe way. But from a municipality standpoint, we need to keep in mind that money matters. Um, so predict what predictive analytics give you the ability to do. And we actually have that capability now. It's here. Um, and again, for more information on that, if you want to access more data on that, articles, um, specifics, you can visit us at Water Online. And we have plenty of content there to, to help fill uh, fill in the gaps that might exist with any questions you might have around it. But it's a big topic. Digital yeah. transformation is not going away. We're going to be talking about, talking about it a lot more in 2024 throughout our show. So just uh, wanted to bring that up to let everybody know that that's kind of where we are uh, in the digital transformation space, specifically related to smart sensors. But again, there's going to be more on that. So with that, Nick, anything to add before we sign off here? No. All right. No. Well, I wish everybody on behalf of Nick and myself and everybody here at Water Online, I wish everybody a very, very happy new year. Looking forward to talking to you throughout the next 12 months. Thank you. Be safe. And uh, we'll see you next time. Adios.